There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this episode of Switched on Pop contains strong opinions on musical theater. If you or a loved one has a theater BFA, you may experience heightened emotions and defensive impulses. We welcome all angry emails and strongly worded messages. Thank you. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And today we have a very special guest. We are live in the studio in Los Angeles, California with one of our favorite people, one of our favorite podcasters. It's Bridger Weiniger. Oh, you too. I'm thrilled. I'm, I was telling you earlier, I love the show. Oh, thank you. I love listening to it. And now I'm here. It feels incredible, and I'm going to ruin an episode. We, we look forward to it. This is a long time coming for us because we are also big fans of your podcast. I said... No gifts. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate that. Bridger, for, for those uninitiated, will you explain the the concept behind your long-running hysterical podcast? Of course. I said no gifts. Um, well, it's led to my home being absolutely full of garbage because the <laughs> show, each week a guest brings me a gift. Yeah. And for the most part, the gifts are useless items, and I haven't gotten rid of any of them. So my house is overflowing with gifts. You have incredible comic guests, and they bring you things that you don't need. <laughs> what, what stands out? Um, okay, some things that are very valuable. Uh, Weird Al brought a trophy from high school, <laughs> so that feels incredible. Wow. What else have I And gotten? this isn't performative. They actually... They're giving me the gifts. Yeah. Well, I picked that up from his house, but <laughs> uh, I, mean, it's so, I mean, it's such an annoying podcast. Um, Emma Thompson gave me some Scottish candy, which was very nice. I listened to that one. I, she's I, such you know, a... I mean, that was she's, wonderful. Very delightful. I mean, an all-timer. Well, I, I can't promise that that our gift will be useful, treasured, <laughs> or, or or even beautiful in any way. Yeah. But we were inspired by your your funny, endlessly entertaining show to bring you a gift, even though you are our guest. I'm so uncomfortable with we, this. <laughs> we have yeah. disobeyed yeah. Your, yeah. your constant mantra, and we have brought you a gift, which uh, Charlie will elaborate on a little Seething bit. thing here. We have brought you the gift of musicals. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> You're both going to sing to me. <laughs> Better yet, I have done a little bit of homework. Okay. And I've spoken with someone who knows a lot about your inner musical life. Oh boy, who? My name is Jimmy Smagula. Oh, I am no. Bridger Weiniger's partner of almost nine years. Oh, and uh, I'm an actor. I'm currently in the Broadway company of uh, Spamalot, which is running right now on Broadway at the St. James Theater. Oh, and I've go. also been Charlie's voice teacher slash vocal coach, wow. which was very fun and I miss it. I wanted to chat with Jimmy because he knows your musical life very deeply. And he, he told me that... Maybe there, there was an area of music that we could help oh, help you gr grow grow a deeper love for, expand your listening, listen more deeply. Okay, I'm very excited. <laughs> he doesn't enjoy musicals. That's what's so <laughs> odd, Charlie. He doesn't love Broadway in the way that I do. I'm in my eighth Broadway show currently. Wow. 
So I have dedicated uh, most of my life to doing Broadway shows. He just doesn't like them. Oh my God! Well, I do have to push back. <laughs> I will absolutely push back. He tells people this all. The, he tells me tells people that I don't like musicals and I don't like New York. And oh. both of these things are totally false. <laughs> I'm just I've never been in eight Broadway musicals. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't. I like to visit New York. Well, I, I appreciate this because I now live in New York. Nate has written a musical. That's right. And, and, oh, my God. And yeah. I grew up in New York. So. And he grew up in New York. Two musicals. I wrote, I wrote two musicals. Two. Okay, continue, continue. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> there are many musicals, and, 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 and Jimmy feels that there are uh, a number of musicals that you don't enjoy. And we, oh, we, want, we, want, we want to dig into this. Yeah. <laughs> so this, our, is, this our, is a topic we have not really covered on, on the yeah, show before. Yeah. Musical theater. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the pleasure and the pain of, mm-hmm. of, of the musical experience. So we're, we're excited to get into this. I have kind of specific opinions that I can't even really I can't really vocalize why I feel the the way about musicals that I do certain musicals uh there's a sort of musical that I adore and then there's another more modern type of musical that just absolutely kills me okay great uh, let's try to unpack some of these and I want to begin with an example okay your first gift he doesn't enjoy the musical spring awakening which is a duncan chic musical he doesn't enjoy any of the music. How do I know this? Because I forced him to go to a production of Spring Awakening in Los Angeles, and I it, probably about seven years ago, and I still haven't heard the end of it. <laughs> okay, so I, I want to play you a clip from Spring Awakening. Okay, let's play <laughs> "The Bitch of Living," mm. sung oh. by John Gallagher Jr. Yes, Jonathan Groff. Okay, those are the only people I remember from the show. And all Leah respect Michelle. to the performers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So here's the bitch of living from the 2006 cast recording of Spring Awakening. My entire body is blushing. I'm so <laughs> secondhand embarrassment I'm feeling right now. What category of music is that? It's not a show tune. It's not alternative music. It's what? Well, let's let's see if we can answer that question for you. But just before we do, can, can you give us just a little bit of exposition? You you've seen Spring Awakening let's right see. now. Yeah. The Bitch of Living is the fourth song in the musical. Okay. But can you give us a little context of what you do remember? What what is Spring Awakening? What's happening? What is the song about? I mean, if this is the fourth song in the musical, mm-hmm. by now I'm I'm. Dying to leave the theater. <laughs> I'm thinking, how much longer could this possibly be going on? I don't even remember. It's based on a play from, I don't know, like the late 19th century or something. Sounds right. About Franz Wedekind, yep, I believe. The, I would believe was that. The Frank, not Franz. And it's, I think, about kind of like a sexual awakening, isn't it? Yes. And then it's updated with this music that feels like. Yeah, there's still. German Austrian school children right, in right. their in their little I don't know knickers and mm-hmm. blazers and but they all have singing... you know German names but they're singing these contemporary like mid two thousands pop punk songs yeah, yeah. written by Duncan Sheik of remind me what Duncan Sheik's big one was his, his big one was barely breathing oh yes of yeah. course how could we forget I am barely breathing <laughs> It's a very specific category of music. Yeah. And is that, what, 1998? I think that 
Might be exactly when that came out. 1996, actually. Oh, 1996. Interesting. Okay. So he was kind of the vanguard of that sound. That song stuck around for a minute. Yes. That that is an icon of 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 90s FM radio. (laughs) So Bitch of Living that we just listened to, I, I hear as having a function within the show of setting the scene for the these characters and their milieu right like this is what they're dealing with they're angsty mm-hmm. they're 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 youthful they're discovering themselves like this sort of sets the table for the rest of the show and the tone for sure and the tone yeah Which part of that rankles you? The tone. (laughs) Absolutely the tone. Which to me, and God bless Broadway, (laughs) there's no way to make an edgy Broadway show. You can can put your back into it. You can do whatever you want. It is never going to feel edgy to me. So edgy is important to you. It's not important to me, but it, it's just when you try and fail so completely. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm catching that there's this there's a there's a disconnect between what the thing is trying to communicate, mm-hmm. which is edginess, and that it does not sound. It just ed- ends up feeling artificial. I feel okay. The, Artificiality. Yeah. And this the, is one of your main gripes here. Yes. The mm. instrumentation always feels like like library music of rock music, that sort. Mm. Like you know, it yeah. always feels like this approximation of rock music. Mm. But it's simply not. It's very corny sounding. Mm. And I feel like every show that attempts this, it sounds exactly the same. Hmm. The drums sound the same. The guitar is just kind of this lame little guitar sound. It feels like uh, bad coffee shop music. (laughs) Oh, oof. And again, all respect to everyone. No, no, no. I I don't dispute that that characterization. And I I think I I know what you mean. It it is... Rock music. It has all the 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 same instruments, the same patterns, the 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 same timbres of rock music, but mm. it's it's just played in this way that's a little bit studied and doesn't have the actual mm. wild abandon and rebelliousness of rock music because you can't do that in a Broadway theater because it need, everything needs to be so precise mm-hmm. in order to pull off this massive spectacle that you don't really have the freedom to actually play rock music at all. You have to do, a, like mm. you're describing, maybe... It's like covering a song that doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's not their... <laughs> and again, like you're saying, that's not their fault. That you, right. It, it, but I see, I see it's, it, it's not a space that allows for that actual kind of freedom and rage and... Right. And mm. Unhinged... Mm. Uh, and I should say... Spontaneity. I'm coming from a place... Jim describes a lot of the music I listen to as sounding like you're in, uh, having an MRI. Uh, so, actually, he described <laughs> it like this. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like a lot of the music that he listens to. Oh, God. He listens to a lot of alternative music. I guess you would categorize it as that. And he really likes, you know, kind of angsty, you know. <laughs> and I don't know who they are because he'll put them on in the car and I'll go, Bridger, it sounds like a mosquito buzzing in my head. <laughs> a mosquito. There'll be some amp, you know, there's amplification, just droning in the background. I'm like, where's the music here? <laughs> when I have music on the car, he is 98 years old. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> just interesting because Jim has a great podcast himself mm-hmm. called Baby Mouth. And a great theme song that he wrote and performed that's out of control. And mm-hmm. it's all about him exploring the world of food, which for the majority of his life and 
including into adulthood, has been aversion to pretty much everything. Right. And, and, and it's about exploring the world mm-hmm. of food, talking to his mother, yes. and, and, and talking to great celebrities and other folks who bring him different foods. So where people might bring you gifts, people give him foods. So, But in, in your musical taste, there's this great division, it seems. And so you listen to mosquito buzzing music <laughs> or MRI music. So what, what what is it that you do enjoy? Maybe we can use this to help inform our conversation about musical theater that doesn't quite connect. And see, that's a good question because I feel like that's half of the music I listen to. I feel like half of the music I listen to is kind of the music you would be buried alive to, <laughs> taken into the desert, soundtracked like to being buried alive. And then the other half is roller skating music, pop music, like <laughs> disco pop, like mm. fun, bright sounds, power pop, that kind of thing. So I feel like I have a pretty broad spectrum. Okay. So, so what's, the, what's an example of a desert burial <sighs> artist or, or song? I listen to a fair amount of like garage punk, OCs. Who else do I love? Give us a Give us a song that sort of just fits that example. Um, I mean, from the OCs, I would say they have a song called The Dream that's like seven minutes long. I feel like it's a pretty good deserty hmm. piece of music. Mosquito buzzing. <laughs> MRI. They're a little bit tan. They're like a little bit of everything. This rocks. I mean, what a song. Okay, love it. You know, I listen to the band Liars, who do all kinds of things, but are fairly noisy. Mm -hmm. These are like kind of some of the modern stuff I listen to. And then I listen to, you know, like like 60s garage, like the Nuggets compilation, that sort of Mm. stuff. I think that kind of sums up the noisy stuff I'm listening to. This is this is adding up, though, because when you listen to Duncan Sheik, mm-hmm. there was this concern of maybe some inauthenticity in the way it's trying to be edgy. And you clearly do enjoy truly angsty music. I And I feel like angsty has a real flavor that feels bad. <laughs> it feels like uh, it feels like a, it diminishes what I listen to because I feel like most of the music I listen to is fun. Mm. What is the word? Uh, just rougher. Yeah. I think okay. rough might yeah. be a better. I like I rough. I mean, a, uh, rough uh, like feels like it was recorded live, that type of thing. Got a little texture it doesn't to feel it. Okay. fully slickly produced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, I, you are... I perceive you as a very confident person who uh, is... Oh, wow. Who, Thank who, God. Who, who, <laughs> who, who, who is well-rounded. So when I say you like instant music, it's not a reflection on angst that I receive from you. <laughs> Just Sometimes we listen to the things which balance the thing we might not always... Uh, that might be true. ...feel comfortable showing out loud. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. Okay, so texture. And you said you also enjoy more, like, shiny pop music, fun, upbeat. Do you have, do you have an example? Um, who do I really love within pop music currently? I love Charlie XCX. Mm. Cosign. Beep, beep, so let's ride, let's ride, let's ride. I like that new Aria Grande s- single. I mean, yes, and so yes. much fun. I like Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> I spoke with Jim. I asked him about what things you co-enjoy. And right. You both enjoy it. And he said Carly Rae Jepsen and Robin are our two. I mean, Robin you- is uh, an all. I mean, like, that goes without saying. Robin is truly for everyone. I mm. mean, 
And she, I just read a rumor she might be working with Charlie XCX, which oh, is incredible. That's a fun rumor. But that I like that sort of thing. I like okay. ABBA, okay. ELO. That's like the 70s mm-hmm. roller skating music I like to listen to. New Wave. Okay, all that sort of so stuff. So maybe we can use this to inform some of the conversation. We, we, we just listened a second ago to The Dream by the OCs. And there's another song from the musical world about dreams. <laughs> oh, uh, interesting. That, that, we wanted, segue, that we wanted to share with you. Oh, I can't yes. wait. Gift, our second gift. <laughs> I don't think he really likes Les Mis. I, and I was in the, I was on the tour of Les Mis. I played Tenardier. I sang Master of the House. I can't really see him, can't see him sitting around getting down to Les Mis. <laughs> I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living so different now from what it How could I have a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> the yearning. The oh. Unbelievable yearning, that emotion. song. This was Randy Graff singing I Dreamed a Dream from the original Broadway cast recording of Les Miserables. No problem. No and problem. Th- oh. So, this, is, oh, okay. so this goes back to a little bit of my problem with the other type of musical, which, mm. and I don't know where Les Mis kind of lies within all of this within musical history, but... There's like, with the rock stuff, yeah. it feels a little bit like they're embarrassed of being earnest or like the, I like a musical that just totally owns being earnest and corny mm. and being oh. like, this is the show, mm. this is, we know we're on stage, we're blowing it out with mm. just emotion and earnestness. Mm. We know it's, you know, slightly embarrassing, but we're not going to hide that in any way. Mm. Mm. When I saw Hello, Dolly. I felt like I was at the ultimate birthday party. Mm. <laughs> this sort of, I mean, that kind of thing I'm all about. What we just listened to, I actually do have a problem with. Oh, <laughs> oh I can't wait. wait. This is the man who's written musicals. Well, grew up going well this is whatever this, yeah, whatever this Les Miserables genre is, the the operatic musical, mm-hmm. perhaps, because because I I, do, I I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's, I think it's all through composed. It's all it's all sung, right? Throughout, there's yes, no I don't dialogue. I don't believe there's any just speaking. And it is, as you said, very earnest, very overblown, very dramatic. And I, this is what I cringe at because what, what I love about musicals is is the 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 wordplay and the mm. the entendre and the witticism and the the verbal dexterity and the the creative rhymes, and this song has none of that. It's there's no <laughs> metaphor, there's no subtext. It is like every line is means exactly what it says, and it all the music sounds exactly like the 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 mm-hmm. meaning of the words. And so I, 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 this is what gives me secondhand embarrassment is, is listening to this. Okay. I mean, that makes perfect yeah. sense. And I think that's the, that entire show, which, by the way, Jim's aunt, Rhody, saw while Jim was in it, saw him after the show and said, I'll tell you one musical I'll never see again. <laughs> Lay Miz. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> this family. Oh, uh, to, to support Nate's, I don't know. How would you Hot have, take? I don't know. Hot take? You, sure. Discomfort with the musical. Okay, there we Distaste go. Distaste for the musical. Yeah. You're saying that the lyrics are so on the nose. At the end, we, we have, I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living. <laughs> there, 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 there's no subtext. <laughs> so different now from what it seemed, now life has killed yeah. the dream I dreamed. It's very literal. It's like it's like a Google Translate uh, <laughs> lyric or something. <laughs> But but in a way, I can also see how it is refreshing compared to the bitch of living, where they do seem. I I I hear what you're saying, Bridger, because I 
thinking of that song, it's like they do seem to be kind of getting off on like we're saying the word bitch. Totally, and, you know, exactly. Like, let's say it again. Mom's out of the house. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> Whereas this is very, it has no pretense. It's it's very it's, it is very honest and direct. And I and I, I get why. I mean, the music is stunning, and like I, I love it, but it, it doesn't move me. I did not expect this to go this way because I, oh, we, we, we were bringing this second gift to you thinking that per, perhaps, you know, I, I, I was hoping we we're going to unfold more about why oh, musicals are, are not working for you and yet now I'm learning something about my co-host <laughs> and, I, and, and everyone who loves musicals right now is just cringing and going to send us very nasty emails. You I, I, and I are both like being betrayed by people we know dearly. <laughs> <laughs> How they know nothing about, about us. I feel like we should gang up on them. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I, we, we have to speak our truths, you know? <laughs> I, I think that's important. And I, I thought this was a safe space to do that. <laughs> it's not. Charlie. It's, it's a bad spot. Listen, we have more musicals to uncover. Okay. We have two more that we want to play for you. Okay, I can't wait. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Jim believes that there might be some musicals that you ought to enjoy more. Okay. I think the older musicals I actually think he would enjoy, like an Oklahoma, Rodgers and Hammerstein. I feel like he would like those styles of musicals because they're kind of cozier and they're old-fashioned, and those are kind of two things that Bridger is. He's cozy and old-fashioned. He's a cozy, old-fashioned woman. (laughs) Finally, he says something true. Oh, (laughs) I don't disagree. Let's All right. our third our third gift. I'm really trying to keep this theme alive. I'm just a girl who can't say no. I'm in a terrible fix. I always say, come on, let's go. Just when I are to say nix. When a person tries to kiss a girl, I know she ought to give his face a smack. But as soon as someone kisses me, I somehow sort of want to kiss Love it. Love it. Ali Stroker singing I Can't Say No from Oklahoma. Adore it. I don't know why I haven't seen Oklahoma. I guess there's just never been an opportunity. Okay, so what's connecting for you here? I mean, it sounds to me, I, I love a movie musical like an old 40s, mm. 50s, and it sounds a little like that to me. There's, uh, I mean, it sounds old-fashioned and like... It reminds me a little bit of old country music where you're going to hear fun turns of phrases, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. thing. She's singing with a twang. We got some banjo, yeah, totally. old timey kind right. of. Right. And it's um, yeah. kind of corny. <laughs> okay. So, mm-hmm. cor- like, it's not trying to be cool uh, in any respect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not trying to be edgy. Right. You hate people who try too hard. Try hards are your I, problem. I can't <laughs> deal with trying. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in agreement because I, I also you're on ad- board with adore this. this. Uh, love Oklahoma. I like this musical. I like this song. Maybe Oscar Hammerstein, who wrote the the lyrics to this, along with Richard Rodgers, who wrote the music, in general, is really good at 
making songs sound like a character, you know? Right. Like, mm. Oh, I love that. Like, this This sounds like this, uh, her name is, uh, what's her name? Edo, Edo Annie, I think. The the way it's, it's phrased, like, you feel like you're listening to her. I love when she says, um, Charlie, do you have the lyrics in front of you? Yeah. The opening, which I didn't play for you, is yeah. basically her being told that, you know, be careful of men. They're, they're going to, you're going to get in trouble. And then she says, but when I'm with a feller, I forget. I'm just a girl who can't say no. I'm in a terrible fix. I always say, come on, let's go, just when I ought to say nicks. When a person tries to kiss a girl, I know she ought to give his face a smack. But as soon as someone kisses me, I somehow sort of want to kiss them back. I'm not yeah. sure that this song stands the test of <laughs> contemporary uh, culture. It's a little bit of that uh, baby it's cold outside right, uh, right. effect. Yeah. has an age well. Um Let's let's I'll let others pass judgment on that. Um, but I will say that line, I I somehow sort of want to kiss them back. I love that because it just it sounds like a person singing. It's very uh, it's very conversational and it's very true to who she seems to be, which mm. I which is mm-hmm. something I love about this mm. this type of old school musical. Right. Where every song is almost like a color of the mm. character, the character's yes. color, basically. So no complaints whatsoever. Okay, wow. All right. I mean, but again, he's like, Bridger should be more into Oklahoma. At what point would I get into Oklahoma? <laughs> Why not? I mean, I need to go see the show. There is some Oklahoma fan group right now who's just like seething. <laughs> Absolutely screaming, yeah. lighting up Twitter. There's a good filmed version with Hugh Jackman uh, in the lead. Hugh Jackman? As, as Curly that I, that I can heartily recommend. When was that made? Five, ten, between five and ten years ago. What? I want to say. Yeah. Maybe ten years ago. 1999. Mm, okay. 24 years ago. 25 years ago. Time. Are you sure about that? Time. That's I mean, okay. In my defense, he's ageless, so you can't really carbon date a Hugh Jackman production very well. <laughs> yeah. He's forever he's, 39. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. to go from Oklahoma to X-Men. <laughs> I mean, the man can do it all. Or was that? Or maybe X Men had already existed. When was? When was? Don't X- no. We're not going down this rabbit hole. We got to stick to the. To, unless there's an X Men musical, we have to get back <laughs> oh, to. Oh, that, actually, that's gonna happen. <laughs> that's yeah. We're headed towards an X Men musical. <laughs> yeah, X Men 2000. So what? A, what? A, man, the reason why you need to get into musicals is that your future career as an action hero depends upon it. <laughs> that's very true. As a comedy writer, this is what's been going wrong for me. Yeah, there is one more musical that Jimmy really just wants you to love deeply and feels okay. and feels like in your heart of hearts th- this is the kind of musical that everyone should mm. sh- should get into. Okay, this is and, the final gift then. Yeah, it's the final gift. And it comes from a very specific musical auteur. Oh. I have to say of course anything Sondheim mm. because Sondheim is like Shakespeare when it comes to musical theater. He just completely changed the game. I think if you took like a song from Sweeney Todd, and actually printed out the lyrics for him to read, I think he'd really appreciate it. And therein lies the problem. What's that? I absolutely appreciate, and I mean, Sondheim is obviously a legend, uh-huh. and I see why people appreciate it, but I want to be able to s- sing along with a song. Mm, and it uh-huh. just, like, for the most part, the Sondheim show does not really offer that. Yeah. Because the lyrics are hmm. unbelievable, and clever and interesting, but they're basically sing-speaking. Interesting. Okay. I mean, and I'm also a very ignorant person, so... Will you read for me these lyrics, and then we'll see how they're performed? Okay. These are my friends. See how they glisten. See this one shine, how he smiles in the light. My friends, my faithful friends. 
Speak to me, friends. Whisper, I'll listen. I know, I know. You've been locked out of sight all these years, like me, my friends. Well, I've come home to find you waiting, home, and we're together, and we'll do wonders, won't we? Mm. Ooh, okay. Well read. Yeah. Lovely. I mean, Between a- Charlie reciting Oklahoma and you reciting uh, Sweeney Todd, I feel like there's a... <laughs> Some sort of spin-off podcast where we just <laughs> we just read musical just lyrics. Read musical lyrics. <laughs> I would listen very, to that. Dry monotone. <laughs> so we've just read lyrics from Sondheim's musical Sweeney Todd, the song "My Friends." Let's hear the performance sung by Josh Groban. Oh, hmm. great! These are my friends. See how they glisten. This one shine, how he smiles in the light, my friend, my faithful friend. So when Jim and I were doing lessons together, mm-hmm. we actually sang this. Oh, you're kidding! And you you were talking about you know the the, the nuance that you can sing to, and and, and you know, to be frank, at the beginning it does start a little bit more spoken. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of vibrato. Mm. Josh Groban loves the vibrato. And as it builds, I think Jimmy wanted me to sing the song to really push the boundaries of the upper register of my voice because it it, it gets it, it becomes challenging to sing. Mm. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and this to me, like I've seen Sunday in the Park. Mm-hmm. What else have I seen? Into oh. the Woods, maybe? Into the Woods. Uh, I've seen Into the Woods. Company. I've never, I don't think I've seen Company. I think I've seen bits and pieces of yeah. company through other mediums. But I've spoken to other people who definitely know more than me, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I I kind of I agree. Mm, okay. I mean, like, yeah. they lean more towards their other musicals as far as just, like, enjoyment factor. Maybe not intellectually appreciating factor, but he doesn't have pop hits, you know. You're, you're not <laughs> yeah. going to throw okay. on Sondheim right, to, right, right, right. Like on yes, the radio. with the exception of... Send in the clowns. Send in the clowns. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. And which had a funny second life in uh, The Joker uh, oh. a few years ago. <laughs> what a shame. But yeah, but no, you're right. I, I think beyond that, I, I, I think characterizing, this song might be an exception, but yeah, characterizing his music as less sort of tuneful and catchy seems totally fair to me. There, there is this tension between what you, you what you want from a musical and the, the authenticity of pop music that you want. There's like, <laughs> and, and Jim has a reason why he thinks that that Sondheim is really the, the ultimate musical theater composer. The thing about Sondheim was that there was always a dramatic reason, right? But there was always a reason. It was never just because. It was never just to be difficult. It was never just to be fancy. It was never just to show off. The lyrics and the music always had a dramatic reason first and foremost. That's what's so brilliant about it. That's what's so brilliant about it. And and so in the context of my friends, yeah. mm-hmm. what, what we read so far is actually, and what we heard, d- doesn't really give us a lot of clues as to what's going on. Who are these friends? Yeah, okay, and, okay. And, and, and so let's go into why, what, what is Sondheim doing to really Wait, work? Who, who are you, music? the friends? We should establish that. Well, our main character is Sweeney Todd. Right. Who is... The demon barber of Fleet of Street. His face was pale and his eye, eye was odd. And he's just returned from his exile back home. Yeah. And he steps into his his studio space. <laughs> I guess. His atelier. Starts uh, recording the pod. Yeah. And when he first picks up his razors after coming back, after he was exiled for so many years, and he picks up those razors and 
He says, these are my friends. See how they glisten. See this one shine, how it shines in the light, my friend. And he knows he's going to get his revenge and slit throats because he's so mad. The underscoring goes... Da 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 over and over, and it's meant to make you feel just like that while he's singing. The uncomfortableness of that, the waiting for what's gonna happen. Da da da. Yes. These are my friends. I'm getting the sense that you actually enjoy theatricality. Oh, I love, I love fancy. I love showing off. Mm. And this is very theatrical. The music mm-hmm. is, is communicating so much, maybe in a way that uh, wouldn't work in a in, in a pop environment because it's, it's, actually, it's, it's, a, it's a little unpleasant. That, uh, well, of course. Uh, it's a, it, you're Sinister. supposed to feel really uncomfortable. Right. I've got no problem with that. Okay. I mean, I just wouldn't put it in a playlist. Mm. Okay. So interesting. Bill, building on what Jimmy was saying, can we listen to a little further in the song, Charlie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a moment I really appreciate that 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 further illustrates what Jimmy was talking about, the sort of fusion of music and drama when Sweeney Todd sings about coming home. Listen listen to that word, home. There's a There's a harmonic shift that sort of signals this this transformation that he's experiencing. You've been locked out of sight all these years Like me, my friend Well, I've come home right there. To find you waiting <laughs> New harmonic territory oh, And like you were saying, Bridger, that's not something you would do in a pop song. It, it right. doesn't follow any of the beats of the pop song because it sort of like meanders and wends its way where it needs to go as the drama and the lyrics demand. Right. Which pop music doesn't do because no one wants to listen to that. You want like repetitive sections that you yes. know exactly when they're coming and it's very satisfying not to be sort of like led on this dramatic journey that oh you don't know where it begins and ends. And it feels like the lyrics come first whereas pop music it's the, basically the opposite all the time. A catchy tune gets hummed or whatever, then they fit lyrics into it. I'm, I'm having this enormous realization right now. Nate and I, uh-huh. as listeners for our whole life, I think especially before doing this project, we're never lyric people. Mm-hmm. Just li- oh, lyrics, lyrics don't stick for us. Right. The, the 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 prime example is we had to sing a song for a friend's wedding, California oh, Stars God. by Billy Bragg and Wilco. Oh, that's a lovely song. Beautiful yeah. song. So we sorry, only had to Steve s- and Abby. We so always sorry. had to sing through, I think, two verses and a chorus. <laughs> oh, and, no. and for, I, I think, at least a couple of hours, we were in the car with poor Whitney, poor, poor Nate's <laughs> wife, who, who basically was like, we're trying to sing this song along and memorize it. Right, kill me. And we just keep getting the words wrong. And she's like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? And like, lyrics do not sink in. We definitely yeah, messed was, up the uh... lyrics going down the aisle. <laughs> we were, I was just like, you know, when you're in the chorus and you're just sort of mouthing along, I was just relying on other people to sing it. And I... In our defense, the song is challenging because it's 
I'd like to rest my heavy head tonight on a bed of California stars. I'd like to lay my weary bones tonight on a bed of California stars. I'd love to feel your hand we don't, touching mine. We don't mine. need to do This is just now you're just <laughs> yeah, exercising your own I guilt just said and personal demons. I, I'd like to rest. I'd like to lay. <laughs> I'd love to feel. It keeps, it keeps, it keeps, it keeps sort of changing the framing. Right. And we just in the we smallest could way. not get this. Everybody right. at the wedding knew it. We did not. We had practiced it. So we don't listen to lyrics. Lyrics don't sink in with us. Musicals that have actually never spoken to me I love going to musicals, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not a listener of musicals in the background. I think that's because I don't really the listen to The lyrics aren't doing anything yeah. for you. I a lyric has to be mm. really horrible for me to be like, I, I can't listen to this music. Like, I can listen to mediocre lyrics all the time if the music makes up for it. Yeah, oh yeah absolutely. I mean, Charlie XCX, we love, who has yeah, some I mean, lyrics, but there's also like a lot of like, I'm driving a car, vroom, right. vroom. You're like, <laughs> God <"Great."> bless. Yeah, <laughs> of course. That's all I want the steering her. wheel. Uh, but yeah, like, and I feel like the older I get, the less I care about lyrics. Mm. Mm. I don't really, like, I have memorized a billion songs I sung in high school and college, mm. but now, like, I'll listen to a song a million times, and I've barely been listening to the lyrics. I don't know why that is. I, I mean, mm. my brain is shutting down. So, going back to the first gift, the first song we listened to, The Bitch of Living from <laughs> I Spring mean, that title. <laughs> Awakening. Mm. For th- I, I know, I know we're throwing a lot of shade at Spring Awakening. I do, I, I do want to say for the record, I think there's some great songs in there. Uh, <laughs> and maybe I could learn. But it is, but let's talk about in terms mm. of this framing because that's the other end of the spectrum from Sondheim. It's these mm. rock pop songs. It's the pop musical. And the songs are like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm-hmm. And they don't perhaps have that same payoff that you get from Sondheim. Oh, that makes perfect where it sense. Where builds and it tells a story it's a little more uh, static. Well, and it's leading perhaps. into the production of popular music as well. It, more groove based. You uh-huh. can listen to it in the background, yes. but yes. as Bridger points out, it just it doesn't have the texture, yeah. the grit, the things that you love about music. It's just you know, I want more fuzz on the guitar. Right. I need to know the musician playing it could beat me up, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> so let's 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 review for a moment. We've 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 listened to the pop musical. Pop rock musical, I guess that was Spring Awakening. We listened to the operatic musical mm. that was that was Les Mis. Uh, we listened to the call it the old school musical, Oklahoma. Old even, and I, I think Sondheim is almost his own genre yeah. of, of musical. Timeless. The, the, Son, the Sondheim musical. Hmm. I, I, that I feel pretty satisfied. That covers a lot of the musical theater territory. Sorry, Lima and Miranda, but you, you've you've had enough time on the mic. <laughs> There's the hip hop musical. He's, he's like hip hop and kind of the rock musical. Yeah, rock I would opera. put him in that first yeah. category. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we each had different reactions to to each of those and felt more or less at home in each of those genres. I, I guess I'm curious. Like, is there something about musical theater as a genre or or as a as a way of delivering music that does provoke very strong reactions in people. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this because I'm thinking of the Mean Girls musical, which just came out, and I feel like there was some controversy of people getting angry because they didn't realize that, that it was a musical. That is a fascinating phenomenon, those trailers without the and the, music. Exactly. The trailer doesn't have any musicals, <laughs> uh, any songs in it. And then people go to the movie and they're like, wait, they're singing? Like, what? So <laughs> That's a broken promise. I understand that. But, but it also signals to me that there is, like, people have mm. strong feelings mm. about musicals that mm. they don't necessarily about other things. Like, mm. so where does that come? Why is that? Well, and also, wouldn't you say those people who are, like, freaking out in the theater probably would like to see a musical. Like, if they knew they were going to a musical, would be fine with it. But, I mean, it is that strong yeah. feeling. Yeah. People have a lot of emotions tied into music. 
Mm. Well, that's a good. That's very true. I mean, we've, definitely, we've definitely learned that hosting a I can podcast about pop music for ten years and <laughs> yeah. getting yelled at by Ben oh Shapiro God. and uh, Ben Shapiro, Senator Tom Cotton. I'm sure, he has so, excellent taste in music. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely have experienced that in every uh, fan group as well. But I, I, I contend that there is something, especially about musicals, that really um, there's a little bit of an uncanny valley, right? It's like yeah. the, it, the the shift from speech into song mm-hmm. is. Listen, in, in Nate's household, maybe not, but in, in most households, fairly unnatural. Right. Like, most people aren't having, you know, you, you don't lose your job, walk out into the street and go, oh, life's a bitch. I can't, I lost my job. What do I do? You're just like, no, you like really sulk in it. Right. I mean, I grew up in a house that probably a total of 11 words were ever set in. So it's a, a very different atmosphere from my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I feel like we're also kind of trained to not like musicals. I feel like within popular culture, it's yeah. always kind of the butt, like an easy yeah, butt of the joke. That's and, right. Which yeah. is so strange because the, I mean, the entire history of the, the American, the, the great American songbook comes from the world of musicals. Like yeah. pop music is so intertwined with musicals, but they, they seem to, at some point to have maybe branched off from one another. Right. Right. And people don't feel that way about Disney musicals, I mm. think. Exactly. Because maybe they're already coded as like for for children oh, and, okay. and and they're mm. they're not loaded in the same way of the you don't get the 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 uncomfortableness of watching a grown man or woman burst into song. Right, I it's guess. animated, so yeah. that, like it does have that safety barrier. This, it's, it's very puritanical almost, that like mm. like adults should not experience theatrical emotion. Yeah. Right, right. But that's but maybe that's also wherein lies the power of the musical, because yeah. it does abrogate the social order in this way that it's, is really exciting to experience. And it's also maybe why you can't have an edgy musical, because I do agree with, with mm. Bridger. It, there's something inherently impossible corny about doing that but that is exactly why it's so powerful i think to to, to lean into that right corniness that makes perfect sense how are you feeling you've received a number of uh music, <laughs> well, <laughs> musical gifts I've, i'm thrilled i'm also so happy to have exposed my boyfriend as knowing nothing about me <laughs> i'm glad to be able to defend myself on the public record <laughs> i love musicals i just haven't seen that many and okay. i'm deeply stupid um <laughs> It sounds like you're you, you are you are extremely open to more musicals in your life, but maybe not on your car rides. Uh, right. Like there's a, there's a there's a time and a place, and it's in the theater. Yeah, and I feel like there probably are some <laughs> musicals that I could listen to in the car. Probably like those '70s rock musicals I could probably get into. Yeah, yeah. Age of Aquarius, right? Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ Superstar, Superstar yeah. that kind of thing. Could mm. I feel like kind of falls into a category of music I already like, mm. but it's not going to happen. Okay. I've got so much other music to listen to. Mm. <laughs> and I don't go to the theater to listen to Charlie XCX, you know? I we have these are separate worlds <laughs> yeah, for me. Just wait for the Broadway oh, production. It's happening. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean that Broadway, I mean, I don't want to drag this all out, but it's interesting to see Broadway kind of eating up our great pop songwriters. Right. Yeah. Like mm. Max Martin is there. Nico Case is writing a musical, oh, like all wow. of these great because that's the literally the last place where there's money for songwriters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's interesting. There's an uh, Alanis Morissette musical recently. Right. I believe. So, Bridger, you make I Said No Gifts, which is a really broken conceit because everybody brings you a gift. We have brought you the gift of musicals, and uh, it has been such a pleasure to get to share in, in, your, in your listening. Oh, I'm and, so happy to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> thank you so much, Bridger. 
This episode of Switch on Pop was produced by Nate Sloan and me, Charlie Harding, and Rihanna Cruz. We were edited by Art Chung, engineered by Brandon McFarland, illustrations by Iris Gottlieb, community management by Abby Barr, and executive producer is Nishat Kurwa. We're a member of the Vox Media Podcast Network, a production of Vulture, which is part of New York Magazine, which you can subscribe to at newyorkmag.com slash pod. And of course, you've got to go see Jimmy Smagula in the Broadway production of Spamalot. It is fantastic. Find more episodes of Switched on Pop anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, talk to us on social media at Switched on Pop. We want to know the musicals you love, the musicals you hate, why I was wrong about Les Mis, why I was wrong about everything. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to our newsletter where we will go deep into this topic and many others on a weekly basis in purple prose that you will not get enough of in your inbox. Sign up in our show notes or our website, switchedonpop.com. We get a little extra insight this week into the musicals that Nate has written. Oh yeah, well, yeah. well that's yeah. that's a great idea. My yeah. uh, there's of course my Tregenev adaptation that I co-wrote with Andy Hertz and the the late great Lowry Marshall based on his Russian novel Fathers and Sons. Mm. And then there's the show uh, Levittsburg, Ohio, semi-autobiographical uh, piece. All right, save it for the newsletter. Okay, okay. I just wanted to tease it a little bit, okay. Charles. All right. Yeah. Also, Rihanna here. We should shout out this great episode from Today Explained that talks about the movie to musical to movie epidemic, but specifically how Hollywood is hiding that these are musicals. We talked about this earlier in the episode, but for more, check that episode from Today Explained out. You won't be disappointed. All right, we'll be back again next Tuesday. And until then, thanks thanks for for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.